And good morning, everyone, to this episode of the Con Hour. It's a wonderful Saturday, still a little bit rainy out here in Houston, but the sun's starting to try to break out, and hopefully it won't bring all the heat that we're used to. Well, we're going to get the heat, that's guaranteed. But we have a special guest here today, DC Glenn, the Brain Supreme from Tag Team, and we're going to have a bunch of questions for him. Also, feel free to ask questions in our comments. If you haven't already, make sure if you're on the Facebook page, go to StreamYard, allow them to use your name so we can see who you are, or else it's just going to say Facebook user. And welcome our co-hosts, CJ and Amy. Hey. Hello. <laughs> and... DC, welcome to the show. Hey. Hey, before we get started, I got one thing to get off my chest real quick. Okay. Oh, all right. We can go now. <laughs> um, before we do start, I need to do a quick shout out um, to mm -hmm. my friend Tina Johnson, who's a huge fan of DC Glenn. She sends her love from Arkansas. Big shout outs to Tina Johnson. Thank you, Tina, for the love. Awesome. Yeah. And when, when, <laughs> now that we're here, let's get started with maybe a few questions. I'll let CJ and Amy start out here. CJ? I have like tons of questions. I have like a whole sheet up here above my head. <laughs> um, there's a lot of things I want to talk about. I When you tell me you're coming on, I'm, my, my head just exploded. I'm like, yay. Um, Why? <laughs> because I, I grew, I'm an 80s kid. And so uh, heading into the 90s, you're big mm -hmm. in the 90s, so I totally know who you are. Um, right. A lot of things I want to talk about. One thing um, that we do have in common is keto. Oh, yeah. So my question is, how did you get started on it? How did you like it? When I first started, we shared in the beginning that I had to go off caffeine and sugar at the same time because my caffeine was sugar and it was Dr. Pepper. Mm -hmm. And so that was a very, very rough week. You can all pray for my super hubby. Um, <laughs> well, um, you know, I've always struggled with my weight, but not really because they ain't never stopped. Nothing. So I've always, um, it never has been a problem, but then I, it, you know, my health started getting a, a little out of whack mm -hmm. and, um, I started having back issues and, you know, I'm, averaging 335 between 330 fluctuating between 335 and the biggest ever was was 380 but i work out i'm a big guy anyway and i'm proportioned correctly so you know it it works right and mm -hmm. um i started having back troubles and it was just really killing me and you know i would go to chiropractors and everybody was like you gotta lose weight man and i was like yeah yeah blah 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 and uh <laughs> There was one show that we did in Phoenix and I had my back. I, I had to sit down. It's the first time I ever had to sit down and do a whole show. And I had girdles and straps and all kind of stuff on. Right. And somebody videotaped that concert and put it on Facebook. And I saw myself. I was like, that's it. It's over. And I called a weight loss specialist and I said, hey, I know you got a pill. They got to have a pill by now. Right. And. <laughs> Like, no, 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 there's no pill. Uh, we're going to do keto, but I'm not going to be able to see you for a couple of weeks. So when she told me that, I was like, all right, cool. And then I just immersed myself in keto and just started, right? Mm -hmm. And, you know, the key to my first couple of weeks is that I took a picture of everything I put in my mouth, right? 
then went and researched and said, oh, can't eat that. All right, mm -hmm. cool. And then um, um, Waffle House was my friend, right? Oh, Waffle House, I love Waffle House. I <laughs> okay. It's not a keto person's friend. I, 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 I loved it. I was just like, yes, I could get everything yeah. on this menu and yeah, it's it, awesome. It, it, keto is not that difficult. Mm -hmm. Keto, you can eat as much as you want of anything you want as long as it don't have any carbs in it. Mm -hmm. Right. And that's what I did. And I was, you know, I would have avocado, I'd have baked chicken wings, I'd have all kind of good stuff. You know, I was wearing Waffle House out. I'd give me a sausage, cheese, uh, om onion omelet with side of bacon and tomatoes and just everything, a steak, you know what I mean? Just mm -hmm. so I could be full. And about a weekend, I noticed that I started losing weight because mm -hmm. I cut out sugar, I cut out carbs, I cut out everything. And by the time I got to that doctor, I had lost 15 pounds. Mm -hmm. And I was like, whoa, this is getting good. So when I got to her, she was trying to make me take all kinds of minerals and vitamins. And, you know, her 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 approach might have been effective, but it wasn't for me. She wanted me to mm -hmm. eat these crackers and all kinds. Of, you know, it basically was they buy the food and then they sell the food. They upsell the food to you. Yeah. And, you know, yeah. I understand that. But. I'm not about to do that. I know how to cook, right? Mm -hmm. So, you know, Waffle House got old, and I think I had a, had to get a colonoscopy. And by the time I got a colonoscopy, I was I went from three fifty to three seventeen. Wow! A month, right? Good job. And then once 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 that happened, because what happens is that when we eat sugar and when we eat carbs, carbs turns into sugar when it's in your blood system mm -hmm. so if you're eating all that sugar you know you're drinking the kool-aid the pops and all that and you're eating pasta and all the others and bread and all the other stuff that's double right and then basically what it does in your blood system is just shreds your veins and that's why you have health problems later on and that's what causes diabetes and that's what makes your a1c skyrocket right mm -hmm. and um when you starve the body of you know sugar and carbohydrates it'll fight you in that first two weeks it'll fight you and well, the keto like, flu. <laughs> yeah yeah and it's really not keto flu you're just dehydrated mm -hmm. so if you drink a bunch of water you're good right mm -hmm. keto mm -hmm. everybody thinks it's this mysterious flu because you're no it's, you're dehydrated mm -hmm. because at a certain point the body grips onto all the fat cells and it closes them off and they said okay you want to play that game i cannot last you i know you're going to eat sugar before you know, I release this fat, right? And if you win, then the, the body has to release the fat cells and all the liquid in the fat cells come out of your body. And then, you know, if it might have taken you a minute to piss, it takes you three minutes, mm -hmm. right? Because you have everything coming out of you and your body switches metabolism mm -hmm. and now the fat becomes the energy, right? Yep. And it was remarkable to me. And then it was like, but then, you know, you hit a wall because... You can't eat Waffle House every day, <laughs> right? And you're starting to create And they're not that you're craving them. It's just that you're missing them. Mm -hmm. And you're trying to figure out, you know, the one thing I really missed, I was I was missing fried chicken. Mm -hmm. I was like, I want fried chicken. Like, get an air fryer. I'm not about to get no air fryer. I miss pizza. It's like, make pizza with cauliflower. I'm not, I'm not about to. cauliflower. Use the um, mozzarella cheese dough thing that they mm -hmm. do. I, 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 I don't do that either, right? Like, mm -hmm. And then I, I I said to myself, I said, you know how to cook. 
you know, start figuring this out, right? And, you know, this, this is a part of my learning how to learn. I have this thing called learn how to learn, right? Mm -hmm. And it's like when people give you excuses and they give you problems, think about the solution you can have for yourself, right? Mm -hmm. Somebody gives me an excuse, like one of my, you know, fried chicken. I said, okay, fried in olive oil. Hmm, okay. Then I fried them naked in olive oil. That's no carbs and I can have chicken in a salad and I'm good, right? Mm -hmm. But then I was like, man, I gotta have fried chicken though. I need some batter. And I said, okay, well look at the, you know, how much, how much does a uh, try cornstarch? How many carbs are in a tablespoon? With cornstarch and there's only four mm -hmm. right and you can have 20 a day when you're on keto 20 carbs a day is your your if you're going hard mm -hmm. a lot of times it's 50 right but i just try not to do any carbs i don't even play that game mine is and, like 13 huh? to 15. yours is what like 13 to 15. yeah so you do one tablespoon you put your chicken in the bag mm -hmm. you you know season it really well and you put a tablespoon in and it just it just looks milky, right? Mm -hmm. But I guarantee you, when you drop it in that olive oil, you know those real good Chinese chicken wings that, that <laughs> you eat? That's what you get. Yeah. And okay. So there's, there's a lot. Yeah, there's a lot that you can do with keto. Yeah. And at this point now, there's a lot of people on it. So I have to just put like keto version of blank into the Google and you can have like tons of recipes to figure stuff out. Yeah, but they're not. They're, they're not. I've, I've done all that right mm -hmm. and i feel i i feel that my best bet was to re-engineer the food myself yeah get creative with it yeah yeah, yeah. Be creative, right so i yeah. went through all the sodas right i went through all the diet sodas and i ended up with diet uh, uh coke zero and diet sunkiss those mm -hmm. are the best tasting okay. ones right okay yeah yeah my husband used to do keto and before we got married and he used to make like a broccoli cheddar and bacon soup. And it was the yeah. best. Soup. I mean, I loved it. Exactly. He, I mean, he doesn't do it now, but I do an Italian sausage, right. I do an Italian sausage soup where yeah. I, I put the, I get a can of chicken noodle soup. I let it boil and then I strain the noodles out. Then I just use the broth, throw mm -hmm. a bunch of vegetables in it, then uh, season it the way I want and just start putting a bunch of just loose Italian sausage in it, stir it around. Then I take, Maybe a half a teaspoon of a of a cornstarch and get a little juice and put it in the bowl. And mm -hmm. once I put it in there, it's like you know, like real good egg fouillon, right? I mean, nice, I, I, yeah. You know what I mean? That it, and and it's so it tastes so good. And that because everything can be with a salad, and I'm good. I don't have to have four sides or anything like that. Yeah. And I, I tell you, I haven't had pasta. I haven't had. There's a lot of things I haven't had. And um, another one, people would say, well, you can't do the fried chicken because olive oil has a high burning point. Okay, so that's the problem. What's the solution? You get a big vat. Every time you fry it, I got a strainer and I got a cone. Every time I fry the chicken, as soon as it comes out, psh, boom, I got fresh grease. You can get 15 fries out of one jug of olive oil. And then even better because it's not burning. And then what happens is it starts getting seasoned. So the chicken between 10 and 15 is just extra good. You don't even have to season the chicken because the oil is seasoned and it infuses it, right? These are the little things that I've learned. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, well, I miss pizza. Well, let's try, what can we do? Let me try a low carb tortilla. Mm -hmm. 
low carb tortillas only have six grams of fat. I mean, six grams of carbs. But the, the, the key to it is, is finding the best ingredients, finding the best mozzarella, the best tomatoes, the best Italian sausage, the best pepperoni, the best mushrooms. No carbs. Well, six grams of carbs. That's the only carbs you have. Plus a salad, you're good. Mm-hmm. Or some broccoli and cheese or whatever. And that's how I did it. You know, that that is how I did it. I, I even, because at the beginning, you're experimenting with McDonald's. You'll eat a quarter pounder with cheese without the bread and stuff like that. But <laughs> stuff like that's not practical, right? Yeah. I'm not even going to tempt myself because I got to have fries when I go to McDonald's. I'm not going to tempt myself, so I'm not going to do that. But yeah. I did that, and I went from 250 not 250, 350 to 260. And I had to have back surgery. And the doctor was like, you got to get your, you got to get your BMI down. And, you know, we got to get your A1C down. My A1C at the start was 8.6. And I got down to 5.2. Nice. Good job. I'm diabetic. You know what I'm saying? And my, <laughs> a, uh, my BMI went down to 3.1. And, you know, then the pandemic hit. And then I gained maybe half of it back. But it's a lifestyle now. Mm-hmm. And anything I cook, I cook keto, mm-hmm. right? So I'm still there. And if I just really buckle down and go, I can do it. But I do more working out now than I used to. And, you know, that's another thing, learn how to learn. It's like, why I can't work out because I keep injuring myself because I was going heavyweight. And then I just go to the gym and I would do 50 reps of 10, 20 pounds. Mm-hmm. 10, 10 sets of 50 reps. And I'm telling you, I started shredding. The weight started falling off. And I do that every day now. Right. So I'm still I'm still a hefty guy, but the arms, everything is tight. Right. And I like being a big dude. So it has served me so well. And I can stay healthy. I monitor. I got A1C machine uh, monitors. I got sugar monitors. And, you know, it's difficult. It was difficult during the pandemic because. That was part of my routine, getting up at five o'clock in the morning, putting my weights in the truck and just going to Kroger parking lot. Right. I go to the parking lot, work out for a couple hours till they open and then just go in the store and just shop so I could feel normal. Right. Mm-hmm. And that was good enough for me in the day. That was my me time for me to not go crazy <laughs> at the beginning. Right. Yeah. But, and, you know, you go in that store like, well, let me try some sugar pops, my old friend. Right. And now I started to eat cereal. Now drinking milk now, you know, and then it just was like, I'm still okay. I'm still okay. And then you just start inching way back up, but it never got out of hand and I'm still good. And, you know, I fluctuate between probably 390 and 370. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if I really got to drop it, I can drop it. And I know I can. So just having that power, you know, within you and to, to be able to do that, that is, you know, that's what, all of my life has been about, right? Not actually worrying about the problems, but thinking of the solutions, mm-hmm. right? Because the problems are there. They're not going anywhere. Yeah, whenever and, anybody comes to me with a problem, I make them come to me with three solutions while they're at it. Exactly. That's what mm-hmm. I do. I was like, well, what's the solution? What? What are you talking about? I was like, what's the solution? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's, it's so easy. You know, what I do is I'll I'll take the most, if there's something I want to do or something, there's a problem or whatever, I think of the most fantastical, far-fetched, pie-in-the-sky solution, right? And it's just out there. 
But then what I do is I work my way back inch by inch mm-hmm. to practicality. Mm-hmm. And you just you just started a business plan and you're halfway there mm-hmm. because you know the steps that it's going to take to get up there to your dream. And that's what I've been doing all my life. And I've been successful at everything that I do. And you know, it kills me that people are like, okay, tag team is back in the limelight. You guys are rising from the ashes like the phoenix and blah 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 and I'm like, you're like i didn't know i died <laughs> exactly i'm like no this is not that story this is a story of perseverance steadfastness mm-hmm. hustle hard work never giving up and learning how to learn mm-hmm. and overcoming anything that comes your way and thinking positive if i didn't do that then i would have been one of those old bitter artists that you just never heard of from again yeah, right. you have more than you're obviously more than keto, but you're more than just the tag teams too. You've done yeah. voiceover, you've done mm-hmm. acting. Can you talk about those for a little bit? Um, I started voiceover in actually. I'm gonna do it this way, <laughs> right? Because not because it's you know it's, it's real. All our lives, there are things we beat ourselves up over, mistakes we beat ourselves up over. Mm-hmm. Missed opportunities, things of that nature, right? And, you know, I started, actually started voiceover because I taught the voices of Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse how to rap. Because we did a Disney album in 1995 called Mickey Unwrapped. That's awesome. And <laughs> I'm in the bowels of Disney teaching Mickey Mouse and Minnie Mouse how to rap. And they're they're talking to me about animation. I'm like, I think I might want to do that. Right. But it, it took me, you know, I, I wanted to do it because I always made radio spots for the club because well, I've, I've been a DJ all my life. And because I have this 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 spirit about me that I want to do everything. I was never just a DJ. I was your sound guy. I was your light guy. I was the guy that did your radio spots. I'd cut your radio spots. I did your television spots. I did your fashion photography. I did your uh, calendars. I did anything I could do for the club. And I did it because the key to life is making yourself invaluable, right? Mm -hmm. And when you make yourself invaluable, you find out you're going to have eight streams of income. You're going to have, you're going to have health insurance. You're going to have everything that everybody else doesn't have, but you're not doing it for the job that you're at. You're doing it to nurture your growth. So you can make easy transitions from one job to another or one uh, part of your life to another or if something hits you because life is going to throw things at you. But your preparedness is what gets you through, Mm -hmm. right? So that's why I've always been like that. And it took 15 years to get back to voiceover because doing voiceover for the club is different than commercial animation and all that. And I started that in 2008 and I sucked. And it was so depressing because I was flying to New York. I was flying to LA. I was, it's like, you know, the thing in, in voiceover is that radio jocks come and be like, I want to do voiceover. I got the voice. But they they quit because that's not that game. It's a whole different game. And here I come thinking I could do it. And I'm, you know, I think I can whoop. There it is my way through anything. But I couldn't. And it was disappointing. But I did not give up. Mm-hmm. And it's just one of those things where you just, it's going to take a while. And acting, I'm doing voiceover through the, you know, 2010, 12, 11, 
13, 14, I started working for Apple Radio doing spots for them. Nice. So that's kind of like doing the stuff for the clubs. And then I'm just, you know, I'm doing other things and it's just going. I'm still training. You know, I'm just training in Atlanta now. And then, um, you know, we were we were embroiled in like a 20 year legal battle. And after that legal battle ended in 2017, I got real depressed because I was just worn out. Mm-hmm. And I was laying in the bed the whole month of August 2017. Like, what am I going to do? Because I stopped DJing. I don't want to be a 50 year old DJ. So I, I retired in 2015. And it was terrifying because I had to jump into life. Right. I've been DJing since I was a kid. That was always my go to. But I had learned so many other things that the transition was smooth and I was depressed. And all of a sudden I get a call. Hey, DC, we really love your voice. We got a job for you. Ten thousand dollars to be our industrial for our company. Nice. I know what I'm going to do now. Right. And <laughs> soon after that, uh, my agent, you know, my uh, coach was like, hey, you need to go to the people store agency. They're looking for African-American talent. They will sign you today. And they signed me that day. And now I've got representation for voiceover. Nice. And that wouldn't have happened if I had if I had a gave up, if I had just been lackadaisical about it. But I kept grinding and I kept at it. And, you know, then all of a sudden I start booking and then I'm up at the people store and the owner comes in and we meet and she says, I love your face. Put them on camera. I'm like, nice. I'm like, what's that mean? She's like, you're an actor now. <laughs> what I gotta do? You gotta take some headshots. You gotta go to class. And I went to my first couple classes, and I got hooked. And I was in class every day, sometimes two, three times a day. I went through every instructor in the city. I was going to L.A. I was going to New York. When when instructors would come from L.A. and New York to do intensives here, I would help record. I was the teacher's pet. I would record their intensives so they could have, you know, uh, footage. So if they wanted to do marketing. Like I just developed really good relationships with people mm-hmm. and I look, I, I, I bring it all the way to acting because in 1995, I'm sitting in the office of new line cinema and they're like, yeah, DC, we're thinking about casting you for, uh, you know, we, for this, this movie, uh, right now we've got Wesley Snipes and LL Cool J, you know, they're, they're kind of battling for the lead, but I think you'd be good for this. I'm like, what movie is wow. played? Right. And that was New Line, one of New Line Cinema's first movies, Blade. And I was just like, yeah, 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 whatever. Just call me. Right. I just kind of blew it off. And I beat myself up for years because of that. Right. Uh, I mean, being on the set of the Adams family, sitting next to Christina Ricci, just talking and playing and having fun. Right. Um, you know, Blank Man and all these other movies that we were, were a part of. And then commercials and all these opportunities. And I just beat myself up on because I'm like, man. I could have been doing this and I could have been doing that. And then I I, I sat down and I said, but you are, you're an actor, yeah. you're an artist, you're a multi-platinum rapper, you're an SEO specialist, right? You're a marketing genius. Now you're a, P, you're a PR, uh, a public relations specialist. And that happened by accident. And I grinded on acting I was booking too. I booked a couple, you know, regional commercials, local commercials. And all of a sudden, I booked my first national commercial, which was Pizza Hut. And uh, what was that? Pizza Hut was January 2020 for March Madness. And then pandemic. Right. And I lost it. And and I wasn't mad because I booked. 
you know how hard it is to book a national commercial right and and I, I was happy and and the pandemic hit and you know I lost people and it was sad but the pandemic was the greatest thing that ever happened to me because it forced everybody to stop at the same time mm-hmm. yeah. everybody had to stop and then you just you had to figure out what you were going to do and everybody was scared and it was like we are all in the Serengeti together now mm-hmm. what are you going to do be predator or prey you're going to be what you're going to be a lion and eat impalas or are you going to be the impala that gets eaten right and i'm like what are you going to do what are you going to do what are you going to do and i'm like wait a minute this is what i'm gonna do and yes. every course i've ever taken i record mm-hmm. just recorded and put it up and i went back to the beginning of my first voiceover class and i got all those classes together organized them and i had to listen to my 10 year ago self and it was gut-wrenching I'm gonna say I, I can't even listen to myself now. You know, it's I different mean, when you hear yourself just t- say a couple of words to hear you to hear yourself have conversation after conversation, and it was just heartbreaking because I realized that I was the way I was the one getting in the way of me, mm-hmm. right? And at the same time, it was kind of inspiring because I'm like, wait a minute, though, I understand what these coaches are saying now because I didn't give up and I'm an actor. So I understand the lingo now. Wait a minute, I think I could do this over. So I took my first cringe-worthy script that I did a voiceover over <laughs> and I redid it and listened to it and it was simply angelic. Nice. Because for the first time in my life, I had mastery over my voice. And then I started booking because back then, it was what, that was back in March Everybody, we all thought we were going to turn to zombies and start eating each other. (laughs) It was, it was, it was, uh, you know, everything was COVID, right? So every commercial was, you know, we're all in this together. You know what I mean? And every every commercial was that, right? With the piano, the slow piano, and everything, Mm -hmm. and it was just crazy. Then all of a sudden, I get a call from my LA acting coach. She's like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Hey, reinventing myself." Practicing, hustling, doing what I got to do. Get ready for when it come back. Because when it come back, it's going to be brand new. And she's like, well, I'm casting this movie. I got a part for you. She said, can you get to Nebraska? I said, yep, I got a hazmat suit. (laughs) (laughs) um, I shot my first movie, My Corona, in Nebraska. Nice. And not only was it, you know, my first movie, but it was one, it's a brilliant, I think it was a brilliant stroke. They shot a, a a movie about my corona called my corona about the corona starting in la and then you know going out and then they said we're going to do a documentary on top of it on how to shoot a movie in a pandemic right and that's kind of where i flourished because it was just all interviews and i'm just spitting game on how i'm reinventing myself and this and that and getting passionate and everything so right now the the document everybody's loving the documentary right mm-hmm. and the movie's pretty good you know i haven't seen the final cut of it but i don't i can share less i'm gonna blow it up right mm-hmm. and then I, I you know shoot my second movie a couple months later and it's like whoa this one's called the mediator right mm-hmm. and uh, a producer friend of mine was like yo i got a part for you I'm get, i gotta have you in this movie you're, you're detective thompson and now i'm on set again and i'm like whoa right. and then i book a uh 
Publix, uh, Publix grocery store chain um, fall campaign. And then I book a episode on Tyler Perry's House of Pain. Nice. And then here comes Geico. Right? <laughs> and it's amazing because everybody thinks Geico is the reason that everything's happening now, but it's not. This yeah. hustle is the reason yeah. that everything is happening now, right? I was doing this before Geico. And Geico, Geico presented its own challenges, right? Because you get a Geico commercial, you're on tour. Mm-hmm. Salt and Pepper did their 2014 and they didn't stop till the pandemic. We can't do that, right? So I said, okay. And it's funny how that happened because I get a call from my agent and she's like, DC, you booked a Geico commercial. And I'm like, no, I didn't. Cause I didn't even audition for a Geico. You got the wrong actor. And then I hung up. Like, how dare you call me like that, right? She was like, no, DC, you booked a Geico commercial. They said they want a tag team. I was like, oh. And because I'm an SEO specialist, because I lay good breadcrumbs, because you can find me anywhere, they called the tag team phone, which is a number on the website. Then they couldn't, you know, I didn't answer. And then they went to my IMDB and called my agent. My agent mm-hmm. called me, and now that synergy is just beautiful. And I'm like, let me let my agent go on to make this deal. My agent makes the deal. And then, you know, to this day is the most lucrative deal I've ever made in my life. And everybody's like, aren't you happy? I was like, nah, because I got to figure out what I'm going to do with this commercial. You know what I mean? <laughs> you know, first thing I did, I started preparing. And I really started preparing. I was like, okay, what are we doing? He's like, okay, it's going to be called Soup. There it is. It's going to be about soup. I was like, man. All right, let me start preparing. So I go to go get some Seinfeld episodes, trying to find the Soup Nazi episode. No soup for you. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Then it's like, no, 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 we're not going to do that. We're going to do ice cream. And I'm like, oh. And the ice cream was just really uh, visceral to me because my father had passed a year ago uh, Mm -hmm. before that, right? And, you know, it was just... Like, if you ever talk about the perfect death and the most glorious homecoming, that was it. And he used to make us ice cream when we were kids. Aww. He was like, make some ice cream. He's like, I'll get the eggs, the sugar, and the vanilla, and the milk. You guys go set it up, and we have the cylinder in this big wood bucket, and then you put the ice around mm-hmm. it, put some salt in it. And then we, my brother would crank five minutes, I would crank five minutes. Mm-hmm. We both have our spoons and two kids. We're happy as a clam 20 minutes later eating it. And I wanted to bring that essence to the commercial. And I was just everything ice cream. I I tried to make a spin and scoop, but I couldn't get anybody to fabricate it for me. And I was like, it's got to be tons of sprinkles because I want it to be where children looked at it. Because, you know, kids like sprinkles and I don't even know why. But when kids (laughs) looked at it, they were going to be like, mama. I want a party like that. Like I wanted to have that birthday party feel, right? And you know, the little dance we do is a dance they do down south. So everybody would have been like, they represented for the south, and just all the little nuances that make that commercial great were prepared because I'm an actor, right? I could have just showed up and be like, "What are we doing?" I don't, I don't do that. It's preparation that gets you those gifts that you you can't foresee, right? And we did. We shot it that day. I went. We well the, day, the night before we had a production meeting, and I was telling you know went to the director. I said I got some ideas, and uh, he's like, whatever you want to do, DC. The more the merrier. I was like, cool. 
It's like I tried to make a spin and scoop, but I couldn't make it. He's like, don't worry, it'll be done tomorrow. Like, what? Yeah, it'll be done tomorrow. I wanted to do some sprinkles. We're going to have more sprinkles than you can know what to do with tomorrow. (laughs) Everything I wanted to do, they did in times 10. We had a ball that day. You know, Nikki Carr and Amethyst and Anthony Goosby, the other actors, they did a wonderful job. Uh, You know, my partner, Steve Rowe, we wanted it to be like a tag team concert. You know what I mean? Just energy. And it was energy all day. We laughed and had a good time. Then it was over. And now we're waiting. I'm like, man, what am I going to do with this? Is it not enough just to have a Geico commercial? I said, man, man, what am I going to Well, let me think about it. Because I do know one thing. I'm going to take these lemons. I'm going to make me some lemonade. I'm going to have me a lemonade company. I'm going to franchise it. I'm going to sell it for $20 million. That's my mindset. Nice. I got to do something. And I'm like, we need to get a publicist. So I have a big meeting with my record company folk, not record company, but my uh, my uh, acting agents. And they're like, DC, what do you want to do? And I'm like, you guys do a wonderful job for me. Like, DC, what do you want to do? I was like, you guys are great. DC, what is your bucket list? I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> right? I'm like, I want to be in The Mandalorian. I want to no be way. in the universe, live action or animation, right? Mm-hmm. I'm like, John Favreau and Dave Leone, if you're listening, you need to come get me. You're missing out. <laughs> I promise you, right? And I've, been doing that since. I've been doing that since. And I, and I told him, I said, yep, I just need five lines with The Rock, and I'm good. I want little parts in big movies because mm-hmm. I know what to do with that, right? And we had our big meetings, like, we're going to get some publicists. You know, so I started having meetings with publicists, and they were like, well... You know, we usually do a junket and you do a round robin and this and we can't. We're all working from home. We're really not really working. and We don't really know what to do. We don't want to spend. They gave me every reason why they couldn't instead of one reason why they should. Mm-hmm. And this is another one of my learn to learn tactics. When people do that to me, I always join an organization, association or a society because mm-hmm. organizations are filled with with people who love their profession and they have been doing this and mastered it and they've been rolling with it for 10 20 30 40 years all you got to do is sign up and start calling people and you will know the whole game and i joined the uh, public relations society of america georgia chapter and two days in i'm on a zoom call and there's a ceo of this pr firm and i raised my hand i said i got a press release I, i held it but I'm because I'm, I'm skittish about throwing it out there and spending the money for it because I want to know a press release is relevant. Of course, I know press releases, is relevant, but I, I like validation sometimes, right? Yeah, so I'm I said, um, they're like, What's it for? and I'm like, Well, kind of featured in a national Geico commercial called Scoop. There it is. I said it real slow, right? And I'm looking at the chat, that's like, That can't be him, is it? Really? <laughs> Oh my god, it is him. Oh my god, I love that commercial. Great commercial, dude. The entire chat blew up. I I, I basically in one sentence took over that whole chat, <laughs> whole Zoom call. And the moderator's eyes are getting big. She's like, we'd like to welcome DC to our organization. He's brand new. <laughs> and we're gonna talk about that Geico commercial afterward. And back to his question, our press release is relevant. And the CEO's like, yes. Because the whole last year has been COVID. Yeah. Every has been COVID. Everybody's looking for something else. It's been COVID. It's been political. It's been everything but what we want it to be, which is fun 
And here you guys come throwing sprinkles and spinning scoops and dancing at DC. Joy to the world. And, and it's just do that press release. And not only are you going to do the press release, but you're going to go here for all the publicists. You're going to go here for all the television talk shows. You're going to go here for all the podcasts. You're going to go here for all to get in front of all the journalists. You're going to make sure your pitches are like this. You're going to be this, 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 and this. She gave me the entire breath of her professionalism and of her PR career. Nice. 10 minutes. And I have to bring back. And it has opened my world to things that I could never have imagined. And it is the reason that you and I are sitting here talking, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. Because I didn't give up. I kept playing offense. And I made, I, I, I just changed the paradigm, right? Mm -hmm. And I got that press release four days before the Super Bowl. The next day I get a call from the Dan Patrick show. Friday, Super Bowl week. I'm on the Dan Patrick show. First thing in the morning, we're having a ball, national TV. <laughs> Two weeks later, boom, now I'm on ABC Daytime with Tamron Hall, Tamron Hall show. And then um, the way Geico did it so beautiful, they bought time for the Super Bowl before the game and right after. And they didn't have to pay the money. And then everybody thought we were in a Super Bowl commercial. And it has been an incredible ride. But what's more impressed, what was more fun for me is the fact that I basically have my own PR firm. And PR has been the way to get me where I want to go. Mm -hmm. Like the commercial's not even playing anymore, right? And mm -hmm. But I'm still doing PR. I'm still doing four or five podcasts a day because for me, doing podcasts every day, I appreciate you guys having me on here because I get to work things out. I get to talk all these things. We get to exchange ideas. I meet new people. And I have to hold myself accountable because I can't talk all this bull if I'm not living it. <laughs> right? And it, hold, it it helps me with my discipline. It gives me different ways of thinking about things. It lets me see how people are reacting. It lets me know who's real, who's not. It lets me know how people got their own businesses set up. It lets me know how they got their whole spiel. Right? And what you know, we're doing things that people don't even know about because nobody knows about them because they're in different lanes. Like we we were the Grand Marshals about three weeks ago for the Talladega 500. It's called mm -hmm. the Geico 500 NASCAR. We were the Grand Marshals, right? right? And it it was a uh, it was kind of hard because they wanted us to make a video, and I was like, just do a Zoom. And I was like, no, nah, this is NASCAR. We got to make this big. <laughs> And I, I went and did a real nice bit. We did a real nice video. Gentlemen, start your engines. And it was it was huge. Twitter blew up and it was just like, you guys need to do this every week. Nice. Like they could not believe it. And then and then just when they announced it that Thursday, some guy, one of the one of these NASCAR reporters, you know, was like, My wife is so going crazy because tag team is gonna be the grand marshals this Sunday. And I gave him a shout out. I said, hey, man, I appreciate that that comment. He was like, hit me back. He was like, hey, we got a, I got a show tonight. You want to be on the show? Call me. And I had like four podcasts at that. I said, if I can, I'll, I'll do it. I'm tired. And it was a podcast with six NASCAR reporters. And I sat there with them people and talk about NASCAR, tag team. We talked about this. We talked about life, right? And... They were so appreciative 
and the whole industry knew that we did it. And I said, I got to write a press release for this. And I worked on a press release and I dropped that press release. And I, when I give my stuff to the writers, you know, I had to stop them from this because they're like, you know, tag teams, road to redemption and all those narratives, right? And I was like, no, it's not this. You know, that's what the title was. And they, they kicked it back, right? They, they sent it back like, can't have that title. You can't have NASCAR first. You got to leave with tag team. And then um, I said, okay, and this is how we're going to do it. It was, um, the title was Grand Marshals Tag Team Continue to Inspire at the nice. 500. Like it. Not bad. So much better, right? Mm -hmm. And I tell you, I learned from that press release that press releases are just a Trojan horse for me. Yeah. Right? First line is what happened, and then the rest is like, I'm doing this, 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 and this, this, that, that, and that. And then every time I do it, 300 entities pick it up. Like the first one for Super Bowl 300 picked it up. I think 320 picked it up for NASCAR. That's 300. That's that's 600 do follow links back to my website. Because I know. Like I have multiple purposes for everything that I do. Right? And this is a whole did nobody there's no artist that would have thought about doing this this way and i deal with the martin agency who does the geico commercials through geico i deal with them one-on-one -on -one. i know everybody inside the company i am friends with the ceo of one of the biggest marketing agencies in the world because that's what i do I, i'm not gonna sit back and be and be a prima donna artist be like you do that for me and you do that for me and where's my team what yeah. No, yeah. I am in the trenches. I am in the trenches with the people who make me great because if it isn't for them, I don't get to do this. Yeah. So I'm there with them, letting them know that I'm here with you. Let's get to work. See, right. and I, I really, I mean, I appreciate, you know, you saying that because, you know, you hear about COVID and everything. And so many people are like, oh, COVID was the worst time in my life and all this stuff. But you made COVID into, you made it, you know, a pandemic and you know it was bad but you turned it into how it could benefit you and how you could kind of continue your hustle to you know get back not get back out there but stay out there and then learning press releases i mean i do pr and people don't believe me that press releases are great so i mean i just i don't have a whole lot to say because i disagree with what you say but i like that you use the pandemic to your benefit you know i think that a lot of people looked at it in a negative way and you spun it positive for you and i think that's great I mean, what else am I gonna do, right? Yeah. And, and here's the here's the thing: if people are sitting around waiting for it to get back the way it used to be, they're going to be sitting around waiting for it to come back the way it used to be because it is not coming back. No, it's a whole it's new be world. Different. It's a whole new frontier. Yeah. Everything is custom. Everything is custom. Like, and, and I realize that I am not going to leave this earth regretting that there's something that I wish I had done, right? Yeah, see, and I, I love that. Yeah, because it's, you're really kind of, you're giving yourself the life that you want to have and creating all these opportunities and the hustle and everything. And when, you know, like you said, all these problems are thrown at you, you work it backwards to find the solutions and the problem or the solutions to the problem to get exactly. to where you want to be. And exactly. I mean, I think not enough people talk like that or think in that mindset. And they're like, oh, this has happened. It's not meant to be. And it's like, no, it no. could be meant to be. You just need to overcome these obstacles, right? You know so, why? You know I why? You know why, though? This is why. Because people okay. think it's a quid pro quo. They think, if I do this, this has to happen. 
how many people you know yeah I'm, I'm taking this real estate class and i'm about to be rich right yeah. and then you talk to them six months later uh, it kind of wasn't for me oh i had some things i had to do and i'm like it don't work like that you know and i have this analogy i say you do not plant a seed in the dirt then sit down cross your legs and say okay i need you to grow seed see please grow come on see grow wait a minute what's wrong with this seed they don't give me a fake seed this yeah. seed work. i quit now that's not you know that's funny but we know people who think like that and who yeah. are like that and mm -hmm. what i i i don't even think about the seed i keep it moving i play offense Right. I keep making moves. I keep doing things in the universe. I keep grinding. I keep hustling. I don't give up. I figure things out. And what I realize is that I've laid so many seeds, whether involuntary or involuntary, and they're all come back to hit me in the head. And I've, I've laid so many seeds that I stand before you good people in a forest of opportunity that I could have never imagined. And everything is, I mean, branches are hitting me in the head. Plums are falling on my head. I mean, this just, I, I, I have so many opportunities. And, you know, so everybody sees me hustle and people are seeing me. And then the traditionalists will, call, will, will see me. And they'll say, DC, you can't do all of those things. You can't do everything, DC. Why not? Why can't you? Why not? Hey, but, you know, you know I, I, I indulged them. I said, you know what? You're right. You are absolutely right. I can't do everything, but you best believe I'm going to be prepared for everything. Yeah. That's my approach, right? And I'm hustling because I'm preparing for something. If something comes my way and I don't take advantage of the opportunity, that's my fault. Yeah. Right? Mm -hmm. What they don't realize is that the same thing they just said to me, I just said right back to them and then they agreed with it. Mm-hmm. You flipped it on that. is doing everything. Right. Because I said preparing instead of I can't do everything. Doing everything is preparing for everything. It's the same thing. Yeah. But you didn't you couldn't you couldn't bring your mind to see what I saw. Right. And there are ways to get to this way of thinking. Like I love to be wrong. I love to be wrong. Right. Yeah. Because it. It hurts. It hurts so bad. <laughs> to be wrong, I'm gonna, I don't know so if I bad. love being wrong, but it yeah. so bad because one, it, it kills your ego and it kills your pride. And you, and if, if that happens enough, your pride and your ego is gets sequestered, and then it's a non factor, right? You've had them arguments with people where you just argue and argue and argue, and they just start making up stuff because they want to win the argument. Yeah, they just go in circles or further, whatever. Yeah, they keep going further and further and further in the rabbit mm -hmm. hole. And yeah. I let them go. I'll be like, you're right, dude. Hey, no, but you ain't got to keep. Okay, yeah, but you, all right. And <laughs> yeah. Further and further. And then what happens is all that crap and all that falsehood and all that stuff they're making up becomes their reality and they believe it. And then they're truly lost. When I love to be wrong because I know that I am on the path to being right. Yeah. See, people just don't view it that way. And I think that's such an amazing view on on just anything you know just life in general i think it truly is an amazing and refreshing to know because you know when you have you know things that are going on in society and just the pandemic and everything it's you know it's just so negative and it's kind of fed the negativity and i think 
having a refreshing outlook like that, I think is inspiring to other people to kind of pull them out of the negative, right? Because yeah. we all come through those issues. So I think it's great. This is what I this is what this is what I've done over my lifetime. And this has happened maybe the last five or six years of my life. I have acquired the ability to take any negative, anything, any negative emotion, you know, hate, envy, anger, fear, suffering, depression, loathing. What sounded like Yoda? <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the path to the dark side. I'm taking all that. <laughs> and I, don't, I don't react viscerally, right? I don't, you know, I feel it inside. I'm, I'm dying mm -hmm. inside. But what I do, yeah. I take it and I put it in my pocket. And I use it for later for fuel, right? Because yeah. you give it a little time and let it marinate a little bit. It turns into positive energy. And now if there's something that I'm working on and, and I don't want to quit, I have something I can go back and think about that says, hey, don't quit. Or if I got an I got an audition on Monday, right? And it requires me to be angry. And I'm like, oh yeah, I was arguing with this stupid girl last week. Let me, um, <laughs> let me pull that out of my pocket. And now I don't have to find and hash out a character or be a caricature or make something up. I use that experience. Now I'm there and now the character becomes me. And now it's all based on reality and that's acting right mm. and like i said I, I i do that with everything if there's a, a problem that i have i take that energy and throw it towards it so i can have some stamina right and trust me all this is easier said than done oh yeah it sounds <laughs> so easy but you hear the, the hustle behind it and you know it's yeah. not it's not easy i know but it does work and it has made my life very fruitful. And like one of the questions is like, so what do you see for your future? And I was like, I can't even begin to tell you because my future happens every minute, right? Every, I mean, this last week, eight things happen. WWE calls me. I'm like, what? WWE? You know, <laughs> I'm doing seven auditions for voiceover. I'm doing, I book, I'm on set. For this movie, it's a TV show that we just wrapped. I'm on uh, working on a voiceover promo. I'm, you know, auditioning for a Christmas movie. I, you know, I stay busy, and it's funny because you know, like I said, the reinvention continues because the whole COVID changed the whole paradigm. Think about yeah. it. Mm -hmm. if, if your Zoom game on, it's not on point. You're not gonna make no money. Right. That's 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 an avenue to make money. And here's what happened. See, this is the beauty of it. Half the educators went back to school and they mm -hmm. tucked it out. You know, they went back to the schools and taught the kids. But half of them was like, I'm not about to go back to school with them nasty ass kids. And but what they did do is they went to all of the tutor portals. They got tutor tutor zooms out there, the equivalent. Right. All those tutor portals they signed up for. And now when those kids are struggling, instead of going to the school and having to make $60 for a day to be around a bunch of kids, they can make $60 an hour teaching one, one-on-one. Mm -hmm. on one. And I took advantage of it. And I've got five tutors for music production because I want to make music again. I haven't touched a drum machine in 20 years. 
but I started training again, and now it's it's, it's incredible. Uh, I use a dog called a digital uh, audio workstation, like Pro Tools or GarageBand. I use a uh, Studio One, and I had tutors for it, and I was learning it. But it was just you know, you have to learn how to learn. How's what's your best way to learn? And I was like, you know what? Let me call. I, I saw a couple of videos by one of the engineers of the program. I said, let me just reach out to him. He's like, hey, man, how much you charge to tutor me? And he was like, I'll tutor you 60 bucks an hour. Now I'm being trained by the engineer of the software that I'm using, that I'm learning, that's powerful. And he's not teaching me the traditional way. He's teaching me according to my workflow every day. He's teaching me how to use this doll according to me doing auditions for acting and for voiceover. He's teaching me how to do it for me wanting to get back into making beats, me wanting to make jingles for television commercials, me wanting to make Christmas songs for these Christmas movies that I'm auditioning for. All the things that are my dreams, I have a custom tutor to help me get to the promised land. Nice. You see what I'm saying? And it doesn't yeah. matter that much. It's just about thinking differently. I got them for video editing. If I get stuck on anything, I get stuck on. I've got five masters that help me with SEO. And now I'm, I, I've been, I've, I've done so many innovative things in search engine optimization in their eyes. They're like, man, the way you do keyword research, man, nobody's better. <laughs> and I've seen a lot. And I'm like, really? I just, I just am practical about it because I understand it. Right. You know, it's searching your eye when I, when I say SEO, people are like, "What's that?" And I'm like, "Okay, so if you were you, what would you type into Google?" Yeah. Mm -hmm. They're like, "I don't know." I'm like, oh my God. <laughs> if you were you, what would you type into Google? I would type in me. Type in you. Do you see you? Nope. Mm -hmm. That's a problem. That's yeah. a problem. <laughs> right. Like, you want to hit yourself in it. You know what I'm saying? Like if you don't know something and you want to learn it, you surround yourself with the the like the people or just the tools and the resources to learn it. So you learn it to help yourself. You know what learn I think? That, yeah, I mean, most people don't understand that. I think the yeah. whole the whole mindset. I think I can relate to it because we're similar in that sense. But I mean, I just. People don't think that way anymore. So it, it, this whole conversation has been very refreshing for me. I know I've been quiet this whole time, but it's refreshing to know that people still think this way and they still like go out and they're not afraid to tell you that, you know, they do all this hard work. And, you know, I want to learn that because it's going to benefit me and whatever opportunity comes. And so thank you, because it's so refreshing to have someone say that. Thank you. Yeah, I wholeheartedly. Y'all let me come on here and run my mouth. Like, I wholeheartedly agree. Um, yeah, if, if I get a long, if I get a, uh, you know, we get emails every day, right? Yeah. But when you get a real long email, you're like, I ain't reading all that. Mm -hmm. Because you know that nine times out of 10, it ain't really worth nothing, right? But sometimes you need to do it. But now you're playing double dutch. Should I read it? Should I not read it? Should I read it? Should I not read it? But what I do is anything over three or four sentences, or if it's a little difficult, I throw it in the AI and the AI reads it to me. And now I can keep checking emails. And then all of a sudden, wait a minute. Okay. And now I'm reading along with the AI while the AI is reading back to me. Now I'm retaining more information because we all doing it together. Learn mm -hmm. how to learn, right? I do that with everything. I can mm -hmm. take podcasts. See, I'll be trying to teach people how to do YouTube. I'll be like, take your podcast, transcribe it. 
There's a piece of software called Otter AI. Transcribe it, and then put it in the put it in the um, the the uh, the description, and you'll get mm-hmm. more SEO juice because when Google spiders crawl through all those videos, they'll know where to put it. Yep. <laughs> it's like a, everybody's everybody. Most people's websites, most people's YouTube's are like a sock that is out of the wrong as that's in the wrong laundry. Mm-hmm. They don't know where to put it. <laughs> exactly. They don't know. Google doesn't know where to put your sock. Right. But if your sock is with your other sock with all the black socks, then with all the black clothes, then Google knows exactly where to put it. You got to think backwards. I told I different. Right. To say, I wholeheartedly agree with Amy and the fact that I know you can't see me. I'm having internet issues. Trust me, it's frustrating. Um, but I love the fact that you didn't sit back and just let everything come to you. You took off after it and you learned what you didn't already know. Um, just I did the same thing when it came to 2020. People are like, well, you're just an author. Well, not really. <laughs> um, I'm an author, blogger, podcaster, and a publisher. And most of that came within the end of 2019 in December through, mm-hmm. you know, the end of 2020, which is, you know, what I jokingly call the year of Jumanji levels. Each mm-hmm. month, a different one. Um, yeah, exactly. But, you know, I kept pushing and pushing and pushing. And what I didn't know, I had to learn. I learned the hard way, but I'm one of those people that are kind of hard headed in that area where I just jump in both feet and hope for the best. So, you know, I learned offense. Think about it. Yeah. If Ron James shoots 20 shots and misses all 20, is he going to quit? Nope. He's going to shoot 60. Mm -hmm. If he misses all 60, is he going to quit? Nope. Nope. Then he's going to make one shot. He's going to make two. And he's not going to miss for three years and win three championships. And now what? Mm -hmm. Right? Like, there is, you know, it's funny because I do these podcasts and people like, DC, how do you deal with fear? just how do you deal with the fear of doing all these new things and everything how do you deal with the fear of dc i was like you, you be scared it. and keep it moving you can do both yeah. mm-hmm. <laughs> you can yeah. be scared it's like how do you not <laughs> how do you not give up on voiceover voiceover so hard it's like well don't give up it's like do you want yeah. it or do you not want it yes and 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 it, the, the answers are so simple, but what they don't realize is there's no way around it. There's no way under it. There's no way over it. The only way to it is through it. Mm-hmm. And I love when things are hard because I know nobody else is going to be trying to do it because it is hard. Mm-hmm. And I know that I got what it takes to get through it. I know I'm going to learn how to learn and we're going to figure it out. You know what I mean? It, 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 and I'm telling you, joining organizations are the best way, like, Mm-hmm. During the lawsuit, they, you know, I wanted to start going to do shows again. I wanted to start going on tour, and every every booking agent was like, "Well, you only got one song. What have you done for me lately? Can't put you on the roster because I don't know." Blah blah blah. I'm like, "Dude, really?" <laughs> and I went and joined the International Entertainment Buyers Association, and this is the these are the buyers, and there's a hierarchy when it comes to concerts. You have your buyers. You have your big time promoters. Well, you have your venues, which are your stadiums and your arenas and your amphitheaters. Then you have your big time promoters, which is uh, Live Nation and um, uh, Ticketmaster. Then you got your mom and pops, the people that were telling me because I got one song, I can't do anything. You got your managers. Then you got me. I go to their uh, convention, 5,000 strong. These are all buyers. Me and Chubby Checker, the only black dudes in there. And I've got a big old whoop. There it is. T-shirt on. 
And I got my pitch together and I just started handing out business cards. Hey, how you doing? My name is DC Glenn. I'd like to introduce myself. Hey, I know what that song is. Yeah. What are you guys doing these days? Well, you have a clean, 90s, nostalgic rap show. Mm-hmm. If I started with a rap show, they were like, no, 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 because no, insurance and all that. They would have gave me every excuse. But I made my pitch right to where I said clean, the ears mm-hmm. perked up. Mm-hmm. Now the one thing that everybody thought was my weakness is now my strength because I am with the buyers and the buyers are having, I'm giving them the ideas and the vision that, hey, just throw us in, in the middle of that concert and we can give you, give you more energy when it gets kind of slow and just pay us this. Mm-hmm. And all of a sudden I start doing casinos. We start doing fundraisers. We start doing uh, uh, hospitals. We start doing all kind of different, various weird forms of shows that I had never thought of corporate gigs, right? Uh, rodeos. There's a lady that want to give us 30 dates for the ice capades just to be, just to do whoop there it is during the intermission of ice capades because these are all the buyers. But she wouldn't talk about no money. I was like, you tripping. I'm not about <laughs> no, 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 no. You know what I mean? But at the same time, I learned how the industry worked in mm-hmm. seconds. And then me being me, I figured it out and then I found my lanes and I exploited them. And now we're doing more. We, we end up being on tour with uh, Alan Beck, the freestyle tour. So now we go from five dates a year because we do. We always do shows. We do the halftime NBA shows or NFL shows. Right. And those are very lucrative. So I don't have to do a bunch of shows here, but we went from five shows to 30. Right. And, and, you know, remember I told you that we're not gonna be able to do no shows during the pandemic. Well, now I got 15 shows. For the rest mm-hmm. of this year, mm-hmm. nice filling up yeah. fast, right? And mm-hmm. I don't even want to do no more shows, to be honest <laughs> with you. But I, you know, I can't be like that. I can't turn my nose up at the thing that got me here, right? And it all goes back to womp. There it is. It all mm-hmm. goes back to my childhood because my parents worked me like a dog. I've been stemming collard greens and shucking peas since I was five years old. My mom had a prep cook. Right. That's how I learned how to cook. All the women in my parents like, boy, you ain't going to never need no woman. We're going to teach you how to be self-sufficient. I know that's why I'm not married because I can do every damn thing. I like, I, I, I can't remember the last time I've had a woman cook for me because I cook so well. Right. And, you know, my parents, they, they made me work. They made us chores. You know, my father was like, clean my car, cut the hedges, cut the grass, rake the leaves, shovel the snow. And, it, you know, and then it was a, a reward consequence uh, thing because they gave us an allowance. But there was like, we know how to hurt you, though. So if you don't go to church, you can't go play football with your friends on Sunday. If you don't clean your room, you can't watch TV tonight. <sighs> if you can't, if you don't cut the grass, you can't go swimming in the summer. <sighs> right. That didn't yeah. happen. Right. And one year we had a blizzard. We were the only family that had a snowblower. So me and my brother do ours about two hours. Then Mr. Grant's struggling next door. We do his. Then we do the whole block. And the whole next week when me and my brother come home from school, hey, boy, come here. Here's $20. I appreciate you doing my snow. What? And that happened all week. And that's when a hustler was born. After that, I had a paper route. <laughs> I worked at an ice cream shop. Then I worked at, right? And uh-huh. that started to learn how to learn tactics because all my friends in high school would drive around all day looking for jobs and never get one. And I said, man, please, I can get you a job in five minutes. You tripping, D.C. Man, give, give, me the, give me the yellow pages. 
For those who don't know what the yellow pages are, just imagine your whole computer in a big giant yellow book about this thick, right? And um, I like where you want to work. And it's like restaurants. I'm like, all right. Hmm, okay, here we go. Hey, how you doing? Are you accepting applications? No. All right, thank you. Hey, are you hiring? No, nah, not today. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Hey, are you um, hiring by any chance? Yes. This girl just quit on me. If you can get down here today, I got a job for you. To five minutes. Nice. You can call 100 people in a day, and I guarantee you somebody don't quit. They short staff. Mm -hmm. Whatever, you can get a job. Yeah. 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 One of the things I love about you is you don't just take lemons out of lemonade. You take the original lemon and you take the seeds and you build another tree. And then while that one's growing, <laughs> and you build another tree. And you've got like a whole forest you know, of like lemon trees. <laughs> you know what? That was out of survival because I worked, I was I've been I've been a DJ all my life, right? I worked at a strip club and I worked at a club club, a mm -hmm. dance club. And strip club is just a money pit because it's just money all over the place. And it's mm -hmm. for me, it's like the game show. You get in that cylinder and you grab as many money, as much money as you can get, you know, in a minute. But for me, it was eight hours. Grab as much money as you can grab out of that club in eight hours. Keep feeding it, keep rocking the house, keep partying, keep everybody dancing, sell stuff, sell mixed CDs, sell hand fans for the girls so their hair don't fall. All these things, all the, the plot, supply and demand. One year, the club I was at, the air condition broke, the owner didn't want to pay to get it done. Cause he wanted to sell drinks and everybody was in there all hot. I went, I would go every day that I worked to the dry ice place. Cause that's where all the ice cream vendors were and go get a bunch of ice cream, dry ice in the cooler and sell ice cream in the club, bomb pops, everything. Nice. Walk out with a hundred dollars, $150 on ice cream. Right. I'm, I'm going to exploit every chance I can to get money because I make myself invaluable in every aspect of it. Right. And you know, I have always been like that. And out of necessity, you have to have eight hustles in the hole because people are looking at you and they're like, man, he's making money. Let me do what he's doing. <laughs> like, hey, DC, mm -hmm. I got your hustle. <laughs> like, okay, congratulations. You can have that hustle too because this is the new hustle. Catch me if you can. Right. And <laughs> that needs to be rephrased. Catch me if you can. <laughs> hey, hey. That that hey, catch me if you can. If you think you can hang with my hustle, I I welcome it because even if you're good at it, it's only gonna make me better. Yeah. And I, I welcome all. I welcome every aspect of emotion, of life, of karma, because I know how to change it into something positive, right? And like I was saying, you know, it's a new frontier out here. You can make your own lane. You can, you can live your dreams. All you got to do is just do it. And, you know, I'm standing in the foothills looking at the mountaintops. Like, you know, there's a reason that they say there's gold in them dark hills. <laughs> there's a reason they say that. Right. And if you're, the, if you're a frontier and you're a pioneer and you're the first to get to it, you're going to get it all. And you're going to, and they're going to chase you. And that's what I'm trying to do, you know? And then, you know, it works in the reverse, too. It's like I'm doing voiceover and acting and I'm doing uh, there are people that got 30, 40 year head start on me. So yeah. I have to be smarter. Right. I have to I have to have tactics. One another tactic is, um, you know, everybody, everybody looks at social media is like, look at me, look at me, look at me, look at me. Right. 
and that's not, you know, it, 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 some people it works. I don't knock it, but I know that social media is about engagement. Yes. Oh my gosh. Yes. Thank you. I'd rather have a thousand people who are engaging because you're going to get more people who there. Everybody got a common denominator. Everybody wants to learn something. Everybody wants to be a certain, everybody wants to get the knowledge yeah. and that's engagement or everybody's interested in something or everybody likes something. Right. But I don't need no fake. I don't, it don't mean nothing to have a hundred thousand followers because if you if you could if you could if you had a hundred thousand followers you could gauge in you wouldn't even be having you wouldn't even be thinking about social media oh man i just fell in love with you thank you so <laughs> much for saying that i do social media well, marketing and i tell people this all the time mm -hmm. and no one believes me they think it's like the likes and their numbers and i'm like no mm -hmm. it's not a numbers game oh, oh my no, gosh no, no, i love no, no, you no, no, no. thank you so no, no, no. much and and here's here's, here's here's one even better right so everybody thinks that social media is about that when it's really about the engagement and mm -hmm. what they don't understand and this is what i learned out on this last press release press releases are not only for the press and for the backlinks and stuff like that that you set up but therefore they supercharge social media in a way that i have never seen because i did like if you got an event coming up you drop it in a press release and if you depending on what company you buy it from they got ways to supercharge social media. So when that link goes out there, all social media is pulling it and it's bringing you everybody. And it actually does the work for you. Yeah. And I had this, uh, this podcast on uh state of VO and I put that in there and I said, Hey Rudy, tell me if this is going to be right. It was on that Monday. And I guarantee you when that press release dropped by the time I did it on a Thursday, I had, Dang near 400 LinkedIn followers. Nice. Now you talk about engagement. Yeah. You get that many followers on LinkedIn. That's real, right? Because mm. LinkedIn is, LinkedIn, our people are serious in LinkedIn. Oh, you know, yeah. Mm -hmm. Some people mm -hmm. try to work it like Instagram and stuff like that, but it just never works because mm -hmm. we're there, you know, in LinkedIn, we all grown, right? We know what it is. So, yeah. you know, and in Twitter, Twitter is effective. Everyone is effective in their own way, right? Mm -hmm. And People just don't get that, you know, if you can engage and have good conversations with people, it serves you so much more because mm -hmm. now you're closer to where you want to be. You know, it's one of the things where you just get closer and closer and closer and you keep trying to just be better. And, you know, it, it just works. And I'm real strategic, but I don't even post that much. But I'm strategic about when I post because I curate my posts in a way that coincide for when something big happened that I can coordinate it with the press release. Right. Like if I'm able to be blessed enough to do, you know, the Comic Con with you, right? You know mm -hmm. that's gonna be a press release. Oh, yeah. Press release and we're gonna go we're gonna blow this thing out the sky. Yeah. Please because they're gonna pick it up, and everybody who's doing Comic Con is gonna have press releases and they're gonna see our press release, and then they're gonna know. And then mm -hmm. now we're in the big leagues with everybody else because. You know, we kept playing offense, learned how to learn, figured it out, mm -hmm. and didn't give a damn. You know, See, I, I mean, you're it, speaking to my heart. I just absolutely, <laughs> I'm just like, oh my gosh, I just fell in love with you. Like, that's, hey man, I live the whole, like, social media marketing world. Yeah. And so for someone like you to say that, it's just oh, amazing. Thank it, you. It, it, it's, 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 um, it's, it, 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 it's just real, right? Yeah. It's so yeah. real. And 
you learn these things and then you apply them and then they connect with SEO and they all intertwine with each other and then only you know it? Yeah, it's like a big spider web that you're building. Yes, and everything yes, is yes, like yes. together and you're the spider building it. Oh my gosh, oh my gosh, yes. Well, hey, they used to be like, DC, you're the master. You know, you're a jack of all trades, master none. I was like, yeah, but if you live long enough, hustle hard enough and learn how to learn, you can become masterful of some of those trades. Yes, and absolutely. Like, well, like, I know we're... Huh? I know we're going a little bit over our time, but I do yeah, have one talk. question, yeah. one question challenge, or maybe even a new hustle for you. Mm -hmm. uh -oh. have you, you have the voice for it. Have you thought about doing audiobooks? Oh yeah. I mean, audiobook. You know, nope, because I'm doing commercial. I'm yeah, doing I know you promo. have. I'm doing animation. I'm doing video game, and that is enough. But then I'm doing ADR, right? Now, mm -hmm. if an audiobook comes my way, I'll do it, but an audiobook is brutal, right? Audiobook, audiobook requires a lot, and there's got to be a lot of money if I do an audiobook because I don't enjoy it, right? I do <laughs> I enjoy. So if I, you know, I'm I'm working on I'm working on stuff now, you know, this week at eight on NBC. That's, <laughs> I, that's me, right? Nice. I could do that all day. Right, I can mm -hmm. do Disney. Disney. I, I'm I'm working on stuff right now. I did, you know, I I do so many different types of voiceover every day that I know that it's just a matter of time, right? Mm -hmm. It's just a matter of time, and I just keep preparing, keep getting better, keep working hard, and you know, for me, this is all a blessing because all I want to do is just talk to people and just. Tell them the things that I wish somebody had told me when I was a young man, right? Mm -hmm. And that's what is that's the beauty of all of this, man. That's what makes all of this so much fun, right? <laughs> so fun. I have all <laughs> doing this. Like I'm about to go get on a plane and just go, go, go to Denver, right? And I'm just I'm just talking. And I was like, I gotta go pack, but I'm just talking because I love it. <laughs> I don't care. And and you know, like I'm about to go to Vancouver to take a class on ADR because that person there is the, the specialist. So that's where I got to go. And if I just do one class with them, I'll get it because I'm going to have it and I'll be able to decipher it and add stuff to it and make it my own. And then I'll have some type of mastery over it and be prepared when they come to me for it. And it's just funny because people tell me that I can't do things. I'm like, thank you. <laughs> I love it when somebody tells me I can't do something because to yeah, me it's a challenge and the Irish Texan in me kicks in and I'm just like, yeah, right, watch yeah, me. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> and, and, you know, if it, it all, it, it, it becomes, see, they might not have told you that personally, but you use it as fuel and you make it personal. Mm -hmm. like, oh, no, he played me. Oh, I have to show him. And he's not, now you're not viscerally doing that. You're not like, I'm going to show him. It's just like, oh, okay. You've just given me what I need. Challenge. Mm -hmm. When I wouldn't have probably done it before, but now you've you've really uh you've given me what I needed to move forward and do something different and make it flourish like I've done with everything else. And people ask me, Are you guys gonna make another record? I'm like, why would I? I got a forever hit record. Yeah, but not, mm -hmm. I still love making music. And why can't I, you know, I could still make music for jingles. Right. Mm -hmm. I could do jingles for ads. 
you know, we know around, you know, there, there are times of the year where you hear songs that, you know, like in the playoffs, you hear songs all the time. You're like, that's a cool little beat. That's a nice little song. Don't even know what it is. Right. Or I can make Christmas songs for all the Christmas movies that I'm auditioning for. Or I can make theme songs for all the TV shows that I'm auditioning for. Right. And I'm making movie and I'm making making all these moves and people's, you know, all I need is one mediocre Christmas song to blow up. And that's the pension plan. And then when people hear it, they're going to be like, I love that Christmas song. Who is that? Like, that's DC from Tag Team. Man, he's still making money. Right. <laughs> but if I just come out and say, hey, I'm about to put another record out, everybody. Listen to my new record. They're like, man, DC needs to sit his old ass down. I love how multifaceted you are, though. I mean, yeah. you are yeah. just like, so many different levels. It's like peeling different layers of an onion to find out who exactly is DC in there. And hey, I just I love know. the drive behind it. All I know is that, you know, you know, like I said, people ask me, what's in your future, DC? I was like, who knows? <laughs> I can't even say nothing. What do you want to do? I want I want it all, right? Like whatever mm -hmm. goes my way. Because I can't dictate it, right? This, I'm beyond that. I've never been that person. I'm never that person. Well, I'm gonna be a dentist, and I'm gonna do this and do that. Even if I was a dentist, I'd be a dentist, orthodontist, I'd be selling, you know, teeth, I'd be selling gold teeth, I'd be selling dentures, I'd be selling whitening stuff, I'd be doing so many <laughs> different things that I'd have eight forms of income in one thing. That's what I did at the club. You know, I'm your marketing. You're going to pay me for that. You're going to pay me for the lights. You're going to pay me for this. You're going to pay me for that. If you want to put a business plan together, you're going to pay me for that. If you want to learn how to invest, you're going to pay me for that. I became a licensed commodities broker. Right? <laughs> I learned how to, hey, I learned how you uh, put together a hedge fund. That's another learn how to learn moment. I'm like, ooh, I'm a commodities broker. I want to have a hedge fund. I don't know nothing about a hedge fund. Let me call. <laughs> hey, how you doing? My name is DC from Tag Team. This is rare. This is the only time I do it when I want to get in meetings. I said, I'm DC from Tag Team. I was just, you know, wanted to know how, you know, can I get a meeting with you guys? Because, you know, I've got Dominique Wilkins and Deion Sanders and all these stars down in Atlanta. And I you know, think I can control some money. And I want to start a hedge fund. I need a manager. Can we get a meeting? Yes, we can. So now I got meetings in New York, LA, Las Vegas, and San Francisco. I fly to Las Vegas. Now I'm in the boardroom with everybody telling me their there it is story about their kids being their kids' first words. And we have that. And then I'm like, why should I let you run my hedge fund? They're like, DC, because our returns are this and this and this, and because this and this and that and this and that, and we do this like this, we do this like that. And what they don't realize is while they're pitching me, they're teaching me. You're saying you're learning. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And definitely, I knew what a hedge fund was after all those meetings, and I knew it wasn't for me, but there are collateral sprinkles, right? <laughs> and 2000, I didn't know what they were talking about on CNBC, but the year 2002, I knew everything they were talking about on CNBC, and I developed my approach of how I wanted to invest. And it's the it's the long term, you know, approach because I can't gamble. I I'm terrible at it. I get my emotions in it. It's not going to work for me. Yeah. Right. Because that's what it is. Intellectual gambling. That's what it seems like. Everybody's jumping on the the uh on the uh crypto bandwagon. It's like if you're jumping on now, it's way too late. Oh yeah. You can't control your emotions, right? You can't if you had to just throw a thousand at it and left it alone back in 2010, then you are rich beyond all get out, right? So you gotta yeah. be it's it's almost like 
the, 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 the instant gratification. You got to plant them seeds and leave them alone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can't touch yeah. them. And if they work, they work. If they don't, you keep it moving. Some yeah. of them, most of them are going to work. But you got to you got to be patient. So, you know, I want to thank you guys for having me on because, like I said, I learned more from just talking to people. You know, no, thank you so much for, for coming on. Coming on. We, yeah. we definitely enjoyed having you with refreshing. us. Yeah. And, you know, um, it's just, you know, I love doing this. I love talking to people. And just, you know, I've been blessed. And it's proven. Yeah. I'm blessed with the ability to touch the world. I've done it twice in a big way. And I'm about to do it a whole bunch more times. And it's yeah. definitely when it comes to that. And I choose to just try to help people think a different way and just achieve their goals because you only get one life and we got choices, right? That's mm-hmm. what everybody doesn't understand. We got choices. And those yeah. choices are going to dictate what happens to you. But you got to think about them smart. You know, you know, you can you can make mistakes, but you got to go back and correct them. Right. You know, it's like taking a test. If you get a 60, well, I'm going to let you take the test again. OK, cool. You're going to get better at it every time. That's all it is. <laughs> Being able to take the same test over and over and over. And then you figure it out and then you don't have to worry about it no more. It's just the way you think about things. And it's like, you know, it's funny because I just think so. I think crazy I, this week. <laughs> I'm telling you, it, it, this is what this is what happened this week. All the stuff I told you I was doing this week, but on Wednesday, I said, you know what? I'm gonna do a TED talk, and I went and found out how what I gotta do to do a TED talk, and I will do a TED talk. I'm throwing it out there, nice, right? Because if I nice. do a TED talk, whoa, yeah, right? mm-hmm. actually, talk. one of our one of our <laughs> first guests just got done with a TED talk. That's what I'm saying. And, 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 you know, I'm talking not TEDx, TED Talk. Yeah. And that's basically a performance, right? Mm -hmm. And if I get up there and talk about the stuff that I've been talking about today and be passionate and, you know, TD Jakes about it, oh, man, the world is going to know. Yeah. And, 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 And then there ain't no telling what can happen from that. You know, you're standing on the stage where Steve Jobs, people like that we're at, right? And how does that happen with me, right? But I don't question it. I just get the idea, think about the most far-fetched, fantastical solution. <laughs> Brother, man, you ain't gonna be on no TED Talk, thank you. <laughs> and I work my way back. And when I work my way back, I'm like, okay, so you gotta, you gotta start with your Georgia chapter. They want you to do a TEDx, but then you gotta just this level, this level, this level, this level. Now, now that yeah. I know how the whole thing works, how can I get in where I fit in? Right? Yeah. How can I come through the back door? Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah, that's how you, you got to work it. And if you know every level of it, then you know that you're going to know. So that's what my plan is next week. I've got mm-hmm. fans. I can, I'm, we're going to get, we're going to probably end up getting a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame for one damn song. Nice. That's, nice. Amazing. that's, because, that's because I figured out how to do it. And I said, the only way, Cause I could pay for it if I want to, yeah. But the only way it works is if the fans do it. So if mm-hmm. the fans want to pay for it and the fans want to campaign for it, then it's real, right? All I gotta do is put it out there. And with the Geico commercial, because the Geico commercial quiet is kept, I think it's coming back. And if it comes back, because <laughs> people were mad when they took it off, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm you sure see, you could just see it. 
because they just bought so much joy to people. But they did it right because then people would have got sick of it, right? Yeah. And you probably could do one more round and you bring it back every couple of years and then it's going to be one of them classics, right? I, I started campaigning for all the awards for commercials, right? Because I don't want to win a commercial. I just want to be nominated so I can get the press release juice. The Cleos. <laughs> yep. I love the it. Main one. Yep. Cleo, yep. Cleo did the first article about the about the uh, scoop. There it is. Uh, commercial. Wow. And that gave me the idea to wait a minute. I can do interviews. And that's when all the PR <laughs> stuff kicked in. And then it was like, I went back because I do Wikipedia pages. I had to redo all the Wikipedia pages. The only way you can do Wikipedia is if you have references articles everything you know instances throughout the internet to validate what you're saying about yourself and i've got millions right and i went back and i've got all the links for all of them and then i started reaching out to all the journalists who did articles about us before getting more links and different and new articles like the hustle is just it don't stop i get ideas i get it in my head and then i go do it and it just works it works something is going to come of it and if it don't it'll be morphed into something else and we're going to get the fruit off of that. So I know from, I know all of us here are super excited about what you're doing, you've accomplished where you're going in the future. And we are all just super grateful that you came mm -hmm. on to talk with us today. So thank you so That's much for coming on. It's been such a refreshing conversation and yeah. mindset and just everything. So from the bottom, I know of my heart, and I'm sure everybody else's. Thank you yes. so much for talking thank, with me. Thank you. Guys. Thank you. Let me go, thank let me you. Go catch this plane. Give me and a call. Everybody else will I've talk to you later. Information. Have a safe flight. Oh yeah. yeah. Got my information, and let me get with my people about you know to see what's happening on that weekend. If I could do it, I'll do it. All right. Sounds all right. All right. And we'll catch everyone later.